you ever wondered what it's like to sit in on a magazine editorial meeting? Well, this is your chance. You're listening to Salt Lake Speaks, a monthly podcast where our editors, writers, and staff dig deeper into stories, chat with newsmakers, and talk amongst ourselves about arts, culture, food, music, politics, or whatever else might strike our fancy. After all, we are Utah's biggest fans. I'm Mary Brown Maloof. I'm Glenn Warchel. I am Christy Marcy. And we're Salt Lake Speaks. This is Salt Lake Speaks, and I'm Glenn Warchel. Managing Editor of Salt Lake Magazine. In a recent magazine, we published an article entitled Sex Miseducation by Susan Lack. The article revealed that Utah suffers from an astonishing ignorance of basic sex education. In one instance, uh, Susan Lack talked to some Utah co-eds who were confused as to which part of a woman's anatomy babies emerge. And these women had had babies themselves. I'm talking to Kristen Hodson, an experienced sex therapist and founder of The Healing Place. I've got to ask you, Kristen, can that level of ignorance be possible? You might be surprised that that I'd come back and say yes, unfortunately. And not by the fault of, you describe that woman, but no one's getting education and it's kind of assumed we should all learn it and just have, we should know it, be able to know how to get the information. And so what's being passed down is ignorance and a lack of education around sexuality, which includes our own bodies and our own anatomy. How much, and this of course always comes up in these discussions, how much of this ignorance is linked to the dominant LDS um, culture in the state? Or is this something we see everywhere that's, like many things, exaggerated in Utah because of the right. modest culture. Right. So we have, I mean, we have a dominant religious culture, but you could argue that, that you have pockets like that all across the country. And really, as a country at large, there isn't any sort of uh, formalized comprehensive sex ed that's being implemented anywhere. So you really don't have formal sex ed available across the country. And so you could go to our country's Puritan and religious roots as a, lar- as a whole and say that that is what's at the crux of all of this. Well, and it, it takes on real meaning, particularly in Utah, because we have a runaway uh, sexually transmitted disease problem. And uh, of course, we have teen pregnancies. And also, strangely enough, in this modest, repressed culture, uh, Pornographic use Mm -hmm. is some of the highest in the country. Um, Will sex education, comprehensive sex education, help in these areas? Well, that's a good question because really when you talked about suppressing sexuality, and sexuality is so much more than behavior and mechanics. It's so much of who we are, it's boundaries, it's consent, it's anatomy, it's expression, it's gender, it's all of these different things. And so, if you have people that don't even know what counts as sex. I mean, that word is very broad. I've asked this question to so many people of, well, how do you define sex? You're going to have some people that say intercourse, and then anything outside of intercourse, including oral sex or anal sex, doesn't count as sex. So you, if that's happening and behaviors are happening and there's not an idea of how to protect when I'm involved in a sexual act, you're going to have a spreading of... STIs. Additionally, if you have people that are curious about their sexuality, 
without sex education and a development around um, a healthy sexuality, you can engage in uh, higher risk sexual behaviors. So unprotected sexual acts would be considered a, a risky sexual behavior. You then talk to teen pregnancy. Again, you have um, teens that have no idea really how babies are made. You don't know what is that they can believe that they won't get pregnant standing up or if they're having sex on their period or all these different things that aren't true and suddenly they're stuck with a pregnancy that they didn't plan. Pornography, again, if there's no access to information, people seek out, um, they want to know. We all want to have that information and pornography is interesting because not only does it inform, but it arouses. And if you have no healthy way to express your sexuality, then much like a, a river getting dammed up with water, it's going to spill out into all these other ways. And so the idea with sex education is to channel and help people develop a healthy sexuality. All of this makes perfect sense to most of us, of course. And when you put the, the uh, problems that are generated by this ignorance, is there any hope or why is there such opposition to just basic sex education in the schools? First, I think there's a misunderstanding. You, we've gotten trapped in this either or, kind of this binary. It's either abstinence only or comprehensive sex ed. And it's kind of gotten into this battle. Um, and you have kind of the moderates and the conservatives for abstinence and the, the liberals are seen as the one for comprehensive sex ed. And there's this belief that if you're teaching sex ed in schools, again, we still think of sex as just behavior and the mechanics. That, um, my fear is, is that you're going to teach your values around sex to my children when I want that. I want my children to learn my values. Secondly, is that you are going to introduce sexual ideas to my kids that weren't there and you're going to sexualize them early on. You're going to teach my kids sexual behaviors at, that's not age appropriate. So there's a lot of fear around what comprehensive sex ed exactly is. And the thing is, is we talk about it loosely, but no one's really saying, okay, this makes me really uncomfortable. It gives me a lot of anxiety to think of my second grader getting taught sex ed. And if you look at the curriculum, a lot of what a second grader would be taught is going to be healthy relationships, how do I respect you and your body, bullying. And if people are saying, well, that all sounds great. How is that related to sex? And that's where we have to bridge it to, that those are the fundamental building blocks. Consent, boundaries, healthy relationships are the fundamentals of healthy sexuality. And so if you really look at this curriculum, it, it really is reasonable and I think has a lot of things that people agree with, but we have to get over what we think comprehensive sex ed is and really learn what it is. It sounds like a, a lot of this, a lot of the problems between the two sides and the understanding of this is tied up in terminology. Mm. And I have to say, the term comprehensive sex education sounds like you're going to teach it all in the schools. Right. Maybe a better term like basic or, or dare I say nuts and bolts uh -huh. sex ed uh -huh. might be a better way to put it uh -huh. since, since uh, we, this is such a, an incredibly sensitive issue, particularly in Utah. And as we've learned, um, there is a large group of people that are reflected in Utah that were obviously part of the Trump revolution, if you want to call it that, mm -hmm. who see a lot of this terminology and they, they have a knee-jerk reaction to it that mm -hmm. it's liberal. 
uh-huh. just as you said. Yep. So if you even say sex education, a lot of people think that equals the liberal uh-huh. gay agenda. Right. You know what I mean? They take it to that right. level. Is there is there a need for people like yourself that that want to see a healthier approach to all these things to step back and uh, reword this stuff, much as yeah. talking to your children about sex. Yes, <laughs> I think a reframing, because people do get really, they do have that knee-jerk reaction. What's interesting when you would say when you said that is there was a parent poll done and 63% of parents in Utah wanted sex ed in the schools. And I think that's really fascinating given what we would assume is that there would be a big push for not. You have, in this case, a lot of people that we can't call them quite the minority, but the ones that are really active in the, legislat- the legislature are those that are really opposed to it. Um, and you know, Utah is interesting because right now we also have a law that's no promo homo. I cannot have a gay agenda legally in the state of Utah. Right now that is illegal to talk about diversity of orientation or uh, even gender expression in, as it relates to orientation. So. Right, and the other piece that people need to understand is it's opt-in, not just on the family level. There was a fear for school districts that they would be forced now to do sex ed. They too had an opportunity to opt-in. And so there's a lot of choice and control and freedom around this issue. The agenda isn't to force anything on anybody because again, that's against the principles of healthy sexuality, consent. Now, you're involved with with Representative Brian King, and he's going to be, and this is tentative, of course, the legislature will open later this month, but Brian King is going to introduce a bill for comprehensive sex sex education. Um, Just in general, Mm -hmm. since the bill hasn't been posted yet, what what is he going to, what do you think that'll call for? You know, all we could go off of as of now is what was done last year. Um, and listening to Brian King speak at some of his different events. And he really, really wants to emphasize that it is opt-in, that it is to teach healthy relationships, boundaries, consent, and that really you don't start getting into meatier things until high school. And it is opt-in all along the way. So um, that's, I think, what we can anticipate being in this bill as well is similar, uh, but really to help support the family, to have programs that help parents, because that's another issue is a lot of opponents to comprehensive sex ed feel like it should be done in the home. Sex ed should be done in the home. That's wonderful. Who's supporting the parents to do this in the home? Because majority of people never got it in their home either. So uh, Brian King really wants to help not only support these schools, but families to help us have healthier families and raise healthier children. Well, keeping in mind what you've been saying, what we all know, is that uh, there is a very powerful, probably a minority of people that do not want sex education in the school mm-hmm. in any way, mm-hmm. and they tend to get their way in the legislature. This bill didn't pass before, and bills like it didn't pass, and in fact, as you were saying, the no promo homo bill did did pass. Yep. It looks like that even if Brian King, who's a Democrat, and the rest of the Democrats at the legislature light their hair on fire, this may not even get out of committee. May not even get out of rules committee. Right, so how can, so so what do we do? To be pragmatic, 
how do we educate? It's going to have to be done in the home. Yet, I'm sure you're aware, it's very difficult for most parents to talk to their children about right. sex. And then worse, as we said about the story about the co-eds who didn't understand the basics of orifices involved in sex, uh, how do we train parents to be able to open these conversations and give yeah. reasonable education to their children at home? At home. And that, you know, there's a lot of, there's going to be, this is an exciting year in some sense with the new administration coming in because people are seeing citizens be more actively involved more than ever. They just need to know what are the issues that matter to them? Who do I call? What do I say? What do I need to do? There will be a lot of opportunity. It's going to be putting pressure on all of these other people that are, it's, it may not even be that they're against comprehensive sex ed, but they're, uh, they don't want to get involved in the drama surrounding it. And so it's the pressure around that. One of my favorite resources I have for parents is there are a ton of good books. A lot of parents are intimidated by just winging a conversation. They don't know how to just kind of freestyle that the first, um, if their child doesn't respond positively, they're like, all right, well, this is just awkward. So good, glad we had the talk and they'll move on. Um, but I have, there's probably over 20 books I recommend to parents all along the age, age spectrum, starting at age two, all the way through adolescence and into kind of young adulthood that parents love because they've got something in their hands. It guides them through. It gives them the information they can talk about. Um, other things are when parents are having babies when they're pregnant. It's a great opportunity to talk about how babies are made and to answer questions. And you're going to have the curious kids that initiate it and those that don't say a word. And that's where it's the parent's job if they can get support. You're going to see another thing happening this year where there's a lot of classes parents can take. Parents can learn how to have conversations with their kids. Um, in fact, I have one coming up in the end of February where parents can come to our workshop and learn. And they like it because they raise their hand and ask a question and realize they're not the only one in the room that has that question. And suddenly it normalizes that none of us got this education and we can all be in this soup of learning together. So with, with that in mind, I want to say that uh, people can go to saltlakemagazine.com where we will have a list of the books that Kristen's talking about and we will have links to uh, Kristen's resources including the healing group. Uh, one more thing and on this subject, um, you a while back had a uh, teaching moment with your daughter about the meaning of a dildo mm -hmm. or what a dildo is. Could you talk about that a little bit? Because that, I think that could, you having dealt with that gives a great pattern for how parents can deal with these things that for many, I know many um, mothers might faint when their daughter yeah. asks them about the uses and purposes of a dildo. So the biggest thing in that scenario was reaction. Parents will often say, well, of course you can talk to your kids about sex because you're a sex expert. That's your job. And it's like, you know, I'm a parent when I'm at my home and I do have skills, but that question was quite surprising. That was a question that wasn't expecting that. And, um, but in the, it's the reaction. If parents can, if there's one skill that parents could develop around talking to their kids about sex, it's starting to manage their reaction to go, oh, okay, great question. And to take that pause and be like, I'd love to answer that. But 
I've had, I tell parents all the time, if you will even say, great question, I don't know the answer to that, but I will find the information and get back to you, and then get back to them. Kids don't care if you know it all. They want to know if you're available, and if you're safe, and if you're willing. That's what they want to know. And so if you are willing to get messy with them and learning it, they'll, they will give days of grace. It's just up to us to manage that reaction. That's what that moment taught me is, in a split second, I either could further our relationship of connection or split it off into disconnect. Well, Kristen, I have to tell you, it's been great having this sex ed talk today, and I hope it was good for you too. It was great. Uh, let me just say that uh, you can hear this on saltlakemagazine.com slash podcast. We will have this and other informative subjects, and we may come back and revisit uh, the sex, edu sex education issue as the legislature unfolds and we see how well it does. And, and with any luck, it'll, it may at least get discussed in a committee, uh, which would probably embarrass our legislators, but that could happen. Again, this is Salt Lake Speaks, saltlakemagazine.com slash podcast.